Welcome to episode number 55 of the Connected Aircraft Podcast. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. Today is Friday, April 2nd, and on today's podcast, we'll be discussing the results of a recently published Georgia Tech study that analyzed in-flight cabin air quality. On today's episode, we're joined by Sally Enge. She is the Associate Professor and Tanner Faculty Fellow in the School of Chemical Engineering and the School of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences at the Georgia Institute of Technology. Last year, she led a study supported by Delta Airlines to better understand the circulation of airborne particles in airport terminals, aircraft cabins, and other environments encountered by airline passengers on any given flight or airline journey. We get into a discussion of some of the results from that study and what the implications mean in terms of what airlines and airports can do to establish healthier air quality for in-flight and at-the-airport environments such as terminals. So let's get into our discussion with Sally Enge. She is Associate Professor and Tanner Faculty Fellow in the School of Chemical and Biomolecular Engineering and the School of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences at the Georgia Institute of Technology. So Sally, first, for those of our listeners that are not familiar with you or your work, can you give us just an introduction to your role as an associate professor at Georgia Tech and some of your research areas of interest? Uh, as a faculty at Georgia Tech, uh, my main role is uh, teaching and research. Uh, so during the regular semester, I teach you know, courses to undergraduate or graduate uh, students. And I also run an active research group, and my research focus is on aerosol chemistry, air quality, and then health effects. And I mentor undergraduate students, graduate students, and, and postdocs to, to conduct research. And we study these aerosols, which are also called uh, particulate matter, PM. And U.S. EPA regulates PM 2.5 and PM 10 uh, mass concentrations. And these are particles uh, with diameters smaller than 2.5 micron and 10 micron. Uh, just to give a reference, um, the diameter of our hair is about 50 microns. So these are really you know, tiny particles. And we are interested in studying these particles because um, they are very important for health and climate. So exposure to uh, PM pollution has been associated with millions of deaths per year. And these particles also affect climate by um, absorbing or reflecting radiation of the sunlight and also uh, forming clouds. So we have projects to kind of look into how uh, human activities and emissions um, affect the aerosol formation processes and um, the aerosols from wildfire emissions and also the health impacts of, of aerosols. And of course, um, this project we're going to talk about today uh, in terms of indoor aerosols or indoor particulate matter, uh, because these are particles um, everywhere. So no matter where, indoor, outdoor, you're you know, continuously breathing in these particles. Right, and exactly. Um, and you, you know, I came across this uh, exciting sort of press release that, that uh, Georgia Tech published on its website recently. And I've actually uh, visited Georgia Tech in the past. Very interesting, uh, some of the research that you all do there. Now, how did you first become involved in this study that was recently published focusing on in-flight particular matter concentrations for commercial flights? 
Yeah, so um, Delta contacted us last um, June, I believe, uh, and they are interested in, you know, characterizing the, the particle level in these commercial flights and, and try to compare it to the other, you know, indoor uh, spaces. So my research group, as we work on aerosols and, and particles, so we took on uh, this project. And our goal was to really compare the particle number concentrations and mass concentrations and really characterize their, their distributions in these different indoor spaces. And ultimately, the, the question we want to answer is, how does the particle level in an aircraft cabin compare to other indoor environments that we spend a lot of time in you know, during our everyday life? I see. And and so Delta approached you to, to participate in a study. And now I read on the website, it mentioned that you were able to evaluate measurements from 19 commercial flights with passenger loads of approximately 50%. Um, and I really wanted to understand first, how were you able to get access to those aircraft and in, in those flights? And, you know, the, the, as you mentioned, the particulates that were inside of those aircraft cabins. Yeah, so in this study, we um, studied many different indoor spaces and, and cabin, you know, aircraft cabin is just one of them. So my students and postdocs were focusing on um, other indoor spaces, including you know, restaurants, retail stores, grocery stores, transportation offices and homes. And we trained the Delta employees on getting these uh, data from aircraft um, cabins. So what we did is that uh, we provide a step-by-step um, instructions and guidance and we train them how to operate and troubleshoot and extract the data from the instruments and also just kind of like how to um, use the information. And at the end of the day, we acquire all this data and my students and postdocs uh, analyze the data. And the way that we train the Delta employees is through uh, virtual meetings. Uh, you know, a lot of times due to the COVID pandemic, we're not you know, allowed to you know, do many in- in-person meetings. But we also have one in-person meeting with the Delta employees to train them uh, on-site how to use these instruments. I see. And, you, you know, I want to just follow up and, and, and reestablish something you mentioned earlier you not only were the researchers focusing on uh, the cabin environments, but you also studied the in-air, you know, circulation of other environments and spaces as well. And what I understand is that actually the aircraft cabins um, were among the healthiest environments that you all uh, researched, right? So the, what we uh, study in, in this project is the particle level in, in different environments. So we cannot really differentiate between you know, biological and, and non-biological particles. So in, in terms of the measurement, it's just showing that the aircraft cabin is the cleanest. In terms of the particle level, it is the lowest out of all these you know, spaces that, that we measured. And, you know, there, there were also some interesting details mentioned in there, and particularly about uh, restaurants as, as compared to um, the, the environment inside the cabin. But and could you just tell us what would, you know, what type of other factors might, you know, affect these in-cabin or other indoor spaces to, to lead to different levels of particulates? Like, what, what, what are kind of, kind of the factors there? Um, that, w- that would happen inside of a business or, you know, versus an aircraft that would kind of contribute to this level? Yeah, so in indoor environment, like any indoor environment, there are many sources of particles 
that that you know can resulted in in the measurements that that we make. And you know when you are at home, you know you're cooking, uh, cleaning, all these can lead to you know particle formations. And we did see a lot of particles associated with cooking, uh, especially in restaurants and uh, in homes with cooking activities, and actually also in grocery stores with a daily area. So cooking is an important source of aerosols indoor. And if we are walking, you know, on a floor, uh, the resuspension of dust from the carpet and other surfaces can also uh, result in, in aerosol levels. And just by us, like human beings, present in an indoor space, we also give out aerosols as we breathe, talk, or just you know, through uh, shredding skin flakes. And in an airport, oh, sorry. Oh no, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that in an aircraft, um, we find that the particle level is the lowest uh, out of all these uh, survey spaces. And um, in the aircraft, the air is circulated very frequently, about 10 to 30 times an hour. And that when you're flying, the outside air is also very clean at a high altitude. So if an aircraft does not uh, recirculate air, it takes the air from outside, so the outside air is clean. And if it does recirculate air, it passes through the HEPA filter, which also filters out about more than actually more than 99% of the particles in the air. So these factors all contribute to the low levels of particles we observe in, in the cabins. You know, it was also mentioned in the release that the, um, it specifically says the larger particles quickly fall out of the air, but the smaller ones remain suspended. And I wanted to ask you about that point um, as it kind of relates to COVID-19. What was this study specifically uh, focused on, you know, transmission of COVID-19? Or were you looking at just a range of, you know, any kind of uh, virus or, or disinfectant that you could catch either in an aircraft or in other indoor space? Yeah, like the focus of this study is mainly um, trying to characterize the total particle concentration in the space, like any okay. space. And, you know, one thing is that the um, instruments that we use cannot differentiate between the viral particles versus the non-viral particles. But anything will be measured by, by these instruments that, that we use in the study. And one thing we learned is that it's so important to have high ventilation rates to reduce particle concentration in an indoor space. So, you know, when we talk or breathe or sing, we give out particles of different size range, um, ranging from smaller than one micron all the way to up to 1,000 micron in diameter. And the reason the big particles fall out of the system quickly is because they're heavy and big and they fall off you know, by gravity. But the smaller particles can actually suspend it for a long period of time and they can travel to other parts of the same indoor environment and potentially infect other people if these are viral particles. So ultimately, it is very critical to, to have a high ventilation rate to ensure a good indoor air quality and also reduce the transmission of any airborne diseases. I see. And, and also, you know, what you mentioned earlier about you had to train the Delta employees to use some of the tools in order to, to measure the particles. I want to understand what what type of tools enable this. You know, what, what is the technology that allows you to get this reading of, of the indoor, you know, or in cabin air quality? The instruments that we use are PSI, a handheld particle measurement instruments, and they're handheld instruments, so you can carry them to indoor uh, various indoor spaces and then do the measurements in a very convenient way. And these 
instruments allow us to measure the total number concentration of particles in the space and also the total mass concentration of particles in the space. And at the same time, it also gives us information of the size of particles because the particles come in different sizes, some big and some small. And then these measurements allow us to, to tell you know, how many particles are in the smaller size range, how many in the bigger size range. So that allows us to really characterize the distribution of, of particles of different sizes in, in the indoor spaces. And were there specific areas of you know an aircraft cabin that you wanted the research to focus on or where you all were trying to get a, you know, a sort of a, an understanding of the entire, you know, the, the air quality and recirculation of the entire air cabin, you, you know, everywhere that a passenger might sit or stand or walk? Yeah, so we are mostly focusing on the general overall air quality uh, in the cabin. And given that the air is circulated so frequently in the cabin, I don't believe there will be a large differences in, in the air, in the aerosol levels in, in different parts of the cabin. So these measurements will be representative of a general average um, aerosol levels in, in commercial cabins. And were the, the, the research also touched some airport terminal areas as well, is that correct? Yes, um, in this study, we measure particle levels from terminal to terminal. So it's like the beginning of the trip to the end of the trip. Hmm. And we, we find that you know, sometimes the terminals actually have quite high air, um, aerosol levels. And during our you know, regular trip, we actually do spend quite a bit of time in terminals. And I think it is important for future studies to continue to characterize um, the environments in the terminal and making sure that these spaces are also highly ventilated and, and that we have good air quality in the terminals while we're waiting for our flights. Exactly. And, you know, I just want to follow up on one point you mentioned there for our listeners who, uh, you know, aren't scientists like your, like yourself. Um, you know, so now in, inside the aircraft terminals is a higher level of aerosol. What do you mean by that exactly? So a higher level of particle concentration. So if you look at our data, we measure the particle concentration as we walk from the terminal to boarding, taxiing, okay. you know, cruising and climbing, or climbing and cruising. And so we characterize um, the particle levels along each stage of the travel. And since these particle instruments are handheld, we carry them all the way from terminal to terminal and characterize the aerosol levels along the way. I see. So you are really able to get a real understanding of, you know, as soon as you enter an airport, you know, get to your gate, get on the aircraft, and then, you know, get through the airport and, and on to your destination on the other side. Uh, pretty much the entire trip of an airline passenger, you were kind of able to study the air quality of the environments that they encounter. Exactly. And, and this is, you know, one uh, really unique feature of the study that we were able to go from the departure terminal, boarding, taxiing, climbing, cruising, and descending, taxiing, deplaning, and arrival terminal. So pretty much it characterized what you might be exposed to during your entire trip. And what were you ultimately able to conclude, not only for Delta, but also maybe for, you know, other airlines that read this study and, and passengers as well that just want to understand how clean and safe the environments that they encounter are as they, you know, get uh, back on aircraft and, and those who are still traveling on, on aircraft right now um, through this, you know, global pandemic. 
Yeah, so the, the main message is really to ensure that an indoor space is well ventilated and, and that the air exchange rate is high. So whatever particles being generated in, in that space, whether it's viral or non-viral particles can be removed uh, quickly. And also the importance to have a clean air supply. So if uh, the air is being recirculated, it is important to have high efficiency filters, including the HEPA filters, which can remove more than 99% of the particles. So it is important to make sure that these filters are changed regularly and frequently. And, and ultimately, we might not be able to have such fast air exchange rate in our homes or offices, but you know, we can open the windows or really try to increase the filtration efficiency of the filters in, in these spaces to, to ensure that the particle levels are low. Right. Right. Okay. Well, you know, uh, Professor, I think we all certainly learned a lot from this study. Like I said, it was really interesting to read and not only the initial purpose of the study, but the outcomes. And, and, and like I said, the way that, that um, your, your team was able to go about collecting this data. So I wanted to say thanks for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much. So that brings us to the end of this episode. As always, please subscribe to us on Apple's podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast. <laughs>